This week on Invasion of the Podcast, dinosaurs rule the world. E3 is also bringing you every game you already love. And we have daddy issues. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, Cleveland today, tomorrow the world. <laughs> I am Paul Steppen, and to my left is always Joe Peters. Hello. And uh, we have plenty to talk about because we had that super exciting, awesome dinosaur episode last week that uh, that we enjoyed doing a great deal. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys liked it. Yeah, Dino DinoCast was a was a unique thing. Yes, um, it, it took it took a lot of work. Um, I actually had to locate a podcast in some amber and drill it. It was actually a cassette tape that I had to drill into to get some information off of. You extracted it. Yeah. Did you did you fill it full of like Betamax separate DNA for all the missing genomes? <laughs> for all the missing, yeah, I, I found um I found a mixtape I made in high school of uh, various uh, sad sack love songs and <laughs> yeah, so it was a little bit more melancholy than I was expected. But you know, I filled in the back you know the portions that were missing. So uh, plenty to get to this time. So let's just jump right into it. News is dinosaur based. Yeah. <laughs> dinosaur, like I said, and I think I was on Facebook. Dinocast cannot be contained in its paddock. It will break loose, and uh, Dinocast is going to seep over into news because Jurassic World did break a record with um, the highest gro- grossing weekend uh, ever. Um, it made two hundred and eight million in um, North America alone, which surpassed the original Avengers movie, which is two hundred and seven. <laughs> uh, Million bucks. That is a one million. that one million dollars was uh, Joe yep. in the movie over and over again. Yeah. What it was. <laughs> Just yeah, I treated everybody to uh to to a showing. But um yeah, two two hundred and eight million and then I think uh five hundred million open week opening weekend globally. And th- I mean the movie's phenomenal. Like, and I'm not just saying that because we did DinoCast. Like, I dare to say, and you know I'm a big... Yeah, we got a kickback from Universal for doing a one-hour <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, they're like, so uh, why don't we're, you guys the, say yeah. a few more nice things about our movie? We we put the, we recorded it Friday night. The movie was already out, but we're the ones that caused it to rocket to be the biggest <laughs> opening. So you're welcome, Universal. Um, But no, I told you and I told a few other people, because everybody knows I'm a big comic book fan, and I dare to say I enjoyed it more than The Avengers. Uh, and you texted that to me like you were like admitting a shameful secret. I know. Like, I'm like, you're I, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I am just, I think I liked it better than the other movie. I'm like, it's okay, Joe. The movies don't get mad at you. It's okay. You can pick one. <laughs> don't tell Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't tell him. I, his heart can't handle it. He's old. Um, but uh, Robot James Spader shows up. He's like, wait a second. Yeah. And, and as the week went on, it came more and more apparent because some of my friends and coworkers who are not of the nerdy persuasion or very movie escorts, you know, people who don't like kind of like get sucked into them as much. They, everybody I know went and saw it. They're like, that movie was awesome. Yeah. And they're not like somebody who's like, would normally like engage me to talk about a judge dread movie or just some type of like, like, you know, comic booky action movie, you know. That, that's true. Like, I, I, at work, everyone knows, like, the moment they start talking about movies, I, I perk up like um, like a meerkat from my, my cube, and, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, no, just stop talking. He'll go away, you know. But, like, people were actively, like, talking to me about this, and it was it was an odd experience because it, there's a difference between me just spouting 
um, random information about movies I watched versus having a dialogue about movies that people have watched together and mm-hmm. enjoyed. And it, it was good. Like, I mean, I have not heard a negative thing about it. Like, um, I, I liked it a great deal. Joe found another gear. He found like the 12 year old and like, this is the greatest thing ever. I had a hard time coming back to being an adult. <laughs> like I, you know, um, not too many, not too big of a spoiler, but they, they, there was a petting zoo in the movie and <laughs> I, I lit up like a Christmas tree. I'm like, why do I have to meet an adult? Either they have baby triceratops rides. I just wanted to climb on the back of a triceratops. And it was right? so funny because I had this conversation with my girlfriend. We were in line at a, a, a festival over the weekend and she's just like, you're never, triceratops are not real. I'm like, you stop it. I was so mad because she's you, like, you hush your mouth, you yeah, full of lies. Yeah, don't you do this to me. Don't you crush my ride, like, baby triceratops were, dreams. They, they had little undeveloped horns. They were adorable. Yeah. And like, and this, and I was telling, I was telling you this, uh, when we were talking about the movie previously, cause it, it just, I knew, I knew Joe was going to call me because I was getting 20 minutes worth of text messages about the, <laughs> about the movie. And then my phone started ringing. And I'm like, he, he can't type fast enough. He just wants to talk about this movie. So we talked about it. Yeah. Um, I spent four summers working, um, at Cedar Point, uh, amusement park. And not that, not that we ever had, um, one of the rides break free and, you know, eat people. I mean, it could have happened. I wasn't there all Didn't the time. Didn't the Matterhorn do that back in like 84? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was the Wildcat. That's why it's not there anymore. Oh, just, no, uh, makes sense. I, um, I, it just, the, the detail of having an actual theme park. Um, just like the little, little odds and ends in there was tickling me the entire time because whoever it was that helped put together the production, production design either referenced a lot of theme parks. I mean, Universal even has one. I mean, crap, yeah. we have a couple, right? But, well, didn't they do a Jurassic Park ride at Universal? Yeah, they probably yeah, did. Okay. Yeah. But it's like the whole, like just the, the different, like the, the main midway where you had all the little shops mm-hmm. and the restaurants. And then, um, and then even though it was very obvious and on the nose, like the, the, the one teenage kid that was running the rides is like, you're being surrounded by majesty and wonder of dinosaurs brought back to life. And he's just like, enjoy your ride. Okay. Next one. Yep. Enjoy Right. Yeah, you know, it's just like it was. It it, caught, it, it hit it, that on the, the just, head, the nail on the head with that. Yeah, I I'm, I feel like there's going to be a point where I'm going to start replacing memories of my time working at Cedar Point with Jurassic World, and I'm going to be senile talking about that time I worked at Jurassic World, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know, so it, it was a good movie. Like, um, my one of my uh, friends was talking about it. They said that the the music kind of. Felt like the John Williams score was like hitting you in the face at the very beginning, and that, I thought that was a good thing. I was, yeah, that in the beginning when they fire up John Williams, I was, it was like literally assaulting the feels on me. Yeah, and but I'm it like, was just, ah. this kid's just rushing through, and then he opens these double doors, and you see the park, and it just swells, and I it just it it was one of those things where, um, and this might be an interesting topic for another day of of nostalgia versus reality, and like I'm not saying Jurassic World can't stand on its own; it can. It's just that. How much of it is it like the Pixar effect of like there's a certain amount of a built in where it's like we're going to hit that button as hard as we can mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to bring you to your knees for what you loved. Right. And the, like that kind of like goes hand in hand with like storytelling and, and a good script with a good movie is like it it draws you in. It doesn't matter how. But like that movie, at least the nostalgia part, like you said, with Pixar, like you watch something and you get completely enveloped in it because you forget everything around you. And that's kind of how I felt at Jurassic World. I was watching that movie, but at the same time, I felt like I was 12 again and I'm like all excited about dinosaurs. And the score brought back that whole emotion that first time you see that dinosaur when I was like a kid on screen with Spielberg's movie. So, I mean, it was just kind of a mixture of the two. Yeah, and I mean, it... it 
it definitely was successful. I liked it. I do want to see it again. Um, I will say it was the most satisfying summer movie I've seen so far. And I liked Fury Road. I liked the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I liked Fury Road a great deal. Yeah. Um, that's a different animal. Uh, it's just like, you know, I didn't have... I didn't have any trepidation going into that because everything about it was like you got the right people in place. You're making the right thing. And with Jurassic World, it's like, yeah, some of the cast was like, you know, you had hope like Chris Pratt. I will argue that he had nothing to do in the movie than other like other than like Chris Pratt the yeah. entire time. But it's like you could have stuck a lot of hunks in there and it would have like, I, you know what? That's I just I guess I want more hunks in my movies. But no, you could have stuck any anybody in there reasonably and it still would have been a pretty good movie, even though he, um, uh, you know, he has that charm, but so I'm not saying the movie's perfect. It's just that it, it was very satisfying. And that for me being, you know, going to movies for as long as I have, it, it's, it's rare for me to go into a movie with not much expectation and walk out completely satisfied. Yeah, and, I agree that like I can, like, I think I talked to a few of my other friends. Like when I step back from not being in that theater, getting in like immersed in the movie, like I, you know, I can usually point out a few things and just be like, ah, this didn't work. This didn't work. There were there. I, you know, you give me, you tell me to do it and I will pick stuff apart about it, but yeah. I, it was hard to, not because it was like so solid, but it was just enjoyable. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I knew it was going to do well at the box office. I, not that I had any type of inside line to Hollywood doing and the ticker tape shows me how it's going constantly. no, I don't have like any type of inside knowledge. I just didn't think that I didn't have a feel that this movie was going to come out as strong as it did. And, um, especially after the last two movies of that franchise, like this is like a completely different, like, like out of the gate swinging versus yeah. like Jurassic park or uh, Jurassic park three and the lost world, which were like, yeah. I don't want to say abysmal, but they were not good. Well, it's just that you got, um, like you had Avengers, you had Mad Max and then, um, and then San Andreas, like, not that that was a big movie, but it's like everything's so front loaded this it's, summer. It stood on its own for I, a summer movie. Yeah. I was worried that something like this might suffer because there's been so much that's already come in front of it. You know, and then, like, next, well, this week coming up is uh, the Pixar movie. So it's like, I mean, how much money does the, the, the viewing audience have? Like, you keep seeing all these hundreds of millions of dollars. They will get and, as much as they can. And then after they got Terminator, which we're going to save that for another time. But yeah, um, yeah good on them. Uh, I'm Marvel sent a congratulatory image. Like, uh, thank you. Not, not thank you. Like, yeah, just, Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Feige or Friggy. I can never Fergie, say his name right. Fergie. Fergie. We'll call him Fergie yeah. sounds about yeah. right. Uh, Fiji. Uh, he Fiji. Kevin Fiji. He congratulated Jurassic uh, World for 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 um taking Marvel's spot out of or out of the top big opening weekend. Um, so you know, good on him. There, all those guys that I know, at least Marvel Studios, they're usually a, a pretty good uh sport about those type of things because they they usually tweet. I've, I think they tweeted somebody else. I think they tweeted Days of Future Past. Yeah, I mean, because like, I mean, anything like that, that represents the Marvel properties, well, I'm sure that they're going to be like, "Good job!" You know, thank uh, you for the, you know, or but, it was something I don't yeah. remember, but they they were being good about it. So, but yeah, definitely go see Jurassic World. I mean, gives me and Paul give it the seal approval. Yeah, three raptor claws up. I don't know what that means. Uh, so to wrap up the quick Dino stuff, uh, got a couple announcements here. Did we get, decide a winner in um, the fight? Yes. Um, we'll- He got it on the equipment yeah. this time. Like, uh, anybody want any Dilophosaurus hide boots? And <laughs> I, because we got to replace our equipment now. Yes. Um. So the winner of the Dino cat or Dino bracket, the Dino cast, winner of uh, Dino cast, was is the audience. 
was the Dinobots. Um, I had we had a lot of we had a lot of votes for Dino, uh, but the Dinobots broke down. Uh, I think just out of sheer cool factor, they're robots and they're dinosaurs. Well, I'm fine with that. So, so plus they, they will stay number one until the next Jurassic Planet movie comes out or whatever. I'm sure, and we'll do another fight. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing they got to um, announce here is that we did offer up some uh, some fabulous prizes, some grow dinosaurs, uh, and that winner because uh, <laughs> we did ask for like some people to say, hey, you should check out the show, and like um, much like the site B for Jurassic World, there there was not much going on there, so we decided, you know, um, we're we're going to take over the world eventually, maybe not this week. Uh, we went to our Facebook page, Invading Podcast, it's Invasion of the Podcast at Facebook, and the, the people that liked it, we decided to pick a winner at random, and Daryl Stovall, you have won eight magical grow dinosaurs. We hope that you'll take care of them and not let them run amok. Yeah. Uh, we're not providing food, so uh, good luck with that. I know, I, I'm sure you could look up somewhere how much dinosaurs eat. Yeah, so there you go. Congratulations. Um, like, just be, be res- a responsible owner. Be a responsible uh, <laughs> dinosaur parent. Yeah. Um, and so then speaking of, uh, of Marvel, the other, the other thing we wanted to talk about, because we didn't get a chance to talk to about it last week, was that um, they made a big announcement in regards to the Daredevil TV show for season two. Um, uh, John, John Bethenthal. Bethenthal. Uh, He's yeah. going to be playing the Punisher, Frank Castle. Uh, which is if none of you guys are versed with the Punisher, he's basically just a vigilante mercenary. But he's a good counterpoint to Daredevil because he generally he he will kill. Yeah, it just he, he he doesn't so much the innocent, even though that time that line's blurred sometimes if he's going for a target. But he doesn't seem any anything real redeeming. In the comics, I know he's a he's a Vietnam vet and um. He comes back, the mob kills his family trying to get to him. Something snaps, he decides to kind of go on a, on a just like a tear and just kill anyone associated with crime in the mob. And, you know, this guy's usually armed to the teeth. He's got like a black, quote-unquote, battle van. And he has Wayne Knight as his backup. Ass, you know, assault weapons, <laughs> grenades, you know, all this stuff. And, and he just kind of puts people down. So... I mean, he's he's definitely a darker character, so it will definitely fit. Which in I the think world fits him perfectly. It's like it's the grounded. Like you, I mean, Daredevil has powers, but um, and I know that they're going to hint more at some of that going forward. But that, I think that's the perfect counterpoint to mm-hmm. him. I do and, too. And it, the casting couldn't be better. Well, like um, that's yes, like that's all I got to say. Because because uh, Shane from Walking Dead, yeah. like he he's a known commodity. He has performed well on a series that was a little high concept for what it was. And he's worked well in an ensemble, and but he's not one of those guys that has to pull the biggest paychecks. You know, it's like he's you know it's just, it, it works right now with the Marvel economy with TV shows. Yeah. So, and I know like um, what's the the guy that plays, plays Daredevil, Charlie Cox? Yeah. I know Charlie Cox in an interview even spoke out and said that he would like this was this is before the casting, and I'm, I don't know if he had some insight to it, but he said he would like to see characters like the Punisher brought into that universe because of how they fill in. They fit into that dark world. Yeah, all we need now is a Moon Knight series, and then I would uh, <laughs> die happy man. Yeah, Moon Knight, uh, Cloak and Dagger, get them in there. That'll get, be... Get Moon Knight, a.k.a. Crazy Batman, and I, <laughs> I will be all Yeah, about like, that. the Punisher's crazy. Moon Knight, I think, has got his guy one up on him yeah, on craziness. I, just, I, I love it. It's like, I'm going to stalk people at night. I'm going to wear all white, and my strength is going to be determined upon the phase of the moon. And I have three personalities in my head. Who knows? It's Moon Knight. I'd be down with that. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Punisher and Daredevil. 
Um, and then, of course, we'll get into the other Netflix series later. Uh, we'll talk about the whole season of Daredevil eventually and how that plays into the rest of the MCU. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. Um, just a brief side, like I'm, I will admit I am not the strongest of of DC knowledge wise or even like just depth. Um, but in terms of, uh, I've been trying to get through season one of arrow and not trying. It's not like, it's not a terrible show. It's actually quite good at places. I do feel like they're using a lot of Battlestar Galactica actors in there. Just like I've seen guys, I've, I've seen Hilo. I've yeah. seen uh Tori and they've all been like bit part one episodes. I'm like, but you guys were part of this full series right. now, but um, so it must be just, Hey, you're in Vancouver. Just we got parts for you. Come on, but no, it's good, and I think that would be interesting to talk about um, comparing Arrow to Daredevil and just how that all works because it feels like WB is actually um, they're they're uh, kicking some butt right now, and they're just I know the, fla- the Flash is is definitely um, helping them out a lot. Yeah, and so. uh, that's that's why the the story for another day. That's mm-hmm. why I started Sorry. watching Arrow. Yeah, I don't want to get out track. That's, that was me, but that was that um, was definitely a. Uh, uh, no uh, mentionable news in the in the world of yeah it was like the moment we're like okay next episode's gonna be dinosaurs it's like and marvel did what it's like you guys didn't even check with us come on guys you gotta clear the deck for a week here and then they're starting to release all the stories it's like thanks thank thanks marvel and no i mean honestly we thank you because that was awesome uh the last bit of news uh the cleveland cinemas have announced the rest of their uh, midnight shift movies for the year. And the reason I mention this because, well, besides that, I really enjoy the midnight movies and I think it's a good time. I don't think people in the Cleveland area always appreciate how good of a setup we have in terms of the Cleveland cinemas. Uh, not every city has this type of depth and, and richness yeah. and, and the ability that they're able to, to kind of um, show off, not show off, but to kind of enjoy the more like, um, not goofy. That's not the right. Well, eccentric side of things in terms of like the midnight movies. Are you talking about like cult classics? Yeah, that's that's yeah, probably that's, what I meant to yeah. say. No, I, kn- I knew where you were kind of dancing yeah. around, and you know he's right because like a lot of a lot of big cities and other cities, if you go to them, uh, they they have their their Regal Cinemas or their AMC's, which which of course they'll focus on all of the stuff that makes them tons of money, like Jurassic World and the Avengers. But um, every once in a great 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 while, they'll show something on the screen like cinema classics like like uh like um citizen kane or something yeah. but it's like a one-night engagement and it's sponsored by somebody else and the only yeah. time you really could hear about it is if you were at a movie and they had it kind of like as like a little ad before the show and in places they have like art house cinemas and that's all great and i enjoy that but it's like cleveland cinemas kind of hits that sweet spot where they show you all these different like perspectives and different movies that you would not normally consider. Yeah. But then like, I know like at the, the Capitol down the street from, from where we are now, they have um, interesting, challenging movies and they show like a mainstream movie each week. Yeah. During like during the week. I like that. The, the yeah, I've noticed that the Capitol does put out like the, the big blockbusters, but then they always have something that's not a blockbuster yeah. for people that I, enjoy films. I've seen, I, um, just cause it's like stoves throw away. Like I've been to a lot recently and I've enjoyed it. So with that being said though, um, with their with their late shift, which they also do that in conjunction with uh, Melt, and Melt usually have like a sandwich to go along with certain movies here. I know this Saturday is do Naked they Gun. A sandwich to the movie sometimes. Really, that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, 
but like this the Saturday at the Capitol, midnight, they're showing Naked Gun, which that movie's awesome. Uh, but what else we got coming up here? In July, to celebrate um, the Jaws 40th anniversary, that's going to be uh, the weekend of July 4th. They're having like three nights no, no, of showings. No, 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 Jaws, I thought it was this Saturday. Jaws turns 40 this Saturday. Well, yeah, but they're celebrating the 40th anniversary by playing the movie in like July 4th weekend. Oh, okay. So maybe they're a week off. I don't know. The, the shark has to swim inland eventually, you know, and so that's they're doing that. So oh, yeah, I, July 3rd. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, and then got- um, Saturday, July 18th, Tommy. That movie screwed me up as a kid, so moving on. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know, like Tommy and The Wall, two, two different movies. I wasn't old enough to understand that they were concept films of like based upon concept albums, and I watched them at a, at a young age, and they just broke part of my brain for a while, and I just, yeah. I'm sure Tommy's fine, but it was weird when I was when I was growing up, um, and, and 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 the wall really uh, that made me I had weird feelings watching that movie. That's maybe that's too much to admit, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Roger Rabbit's after that, yeah, uh, August first, yes, um, and then August fifteenth, Galaxy Quest, uh, <laughs> yes, September fifth, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, nineteen ninety yeah. version, um, American Psycho is going to be September 19th for all you Christian Bale fans in the 80s. Here's the one that I'm going to make sure Joe goes to. I don't care. October 3rd, Monster Squad. (laughs) And we're all going to find out that Wolfman's got nards. Um, (laughs) Did you know that that movie was written by Shane Black? Um, You're going to be like, oh, who's Shane Black? I know who Shane Black is. He's Hotkins from... Predator, Predator who, yeah, but he who also wrote, wrote Lethal, Iron, Weapon Lethal Weapon and directed Iron Man 3. Iron Man, yep. And this guy, he's like, he knows action. And just the Monster Squad's awesome. Yeah. It's like, there's you can't make a movie these days where it's a bunch of kids running around shotguns shooting Universal Monsters. I remember so. I, I rewatched Predator like a month or two ago. And like he, like he came across, they do the, the end credits of Predator. And all the actors turn and smile in the jungle. And, and then it was like Shane Black. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I was like, it was ripped too. Really? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, this guy that got eviscerated by the Predator directed Iron Man, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Monster Squad. I'm he, like, he's like a talented Eli Roth. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I just pissed off somebody. <laughs> I don't know who, but I did. Hopefully not Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then October 17th, they've got 12 Hours of Terror. Not terrible, like Paul went to, but terror. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be doing like, uh, like a marathon of horror movies for all the horror fans. I'm a big horror fan. Um, I, I'm not as big as some people I know, but I do appreciate a lot of horror movies and, um, that would be pretty cool to go to, especially in October. Uh, we're going to be have probably doing a lot of cool stuff in October for horror stuff. Cause yeah, I mean, that's the more on that when we get there. Cause I mean, we have some ideas. Cliche ish. Yeah. Yes. Halloween, but like, why not? And then, uh, November, I mean, we're planning, we're talking like, the future, we got the whole year planned out for midnight events. Uh, yeah. Being John Malkovich, November 7th, which I was not a fan of that movie. I've seen parts. Um, it's it's really bizarre. Is that, uh, is that Spike, Spike Jones? Jones? Yeah, yeah Spike that's Jones. probably why. I'm not a big Spike Jones fan. I like that adaptation, but I've never seen all of Being John Malkovich. Yeah, it's but. it's a really weird movie. Uh, and then Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, yes. the 21st of November. And then December, uh, the typical, atypical, what they do every year, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, uh, December 5th, which would be a lot of fun. I, I you know, I, I could totally see planning a night of bowling white Russians and, and Big Lebowski. Uh, and, uh, and cutting off toes. And cutting off toes. Yeah. And then um, December 19th, Scrooged with Bill Murray. And yeah, that, that's, that pr- could, that's probably going to be another one. Year. Yeah, that's going to be another one I'll probably be at. Like, a lot of these are going to be at, no doubt. But yeah, I just, they got a lot of good lineups for midnight it, movies. Like, I, just, I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll probably go see Who Framed Roger Rabbit because... My girlfriend's been bugging me to watch it, like, uh, like every now and then. She's, oh, do you want to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And, I, and I'm always kind of like, yeah, not now. Like, I want to watch. I'm going to watch this. 
But uh, I think that would be cool. Like, we'll probably go see that August 1st. Well, I can tell you, like, uh, Mary doesn't know it yet. She will, when she, when she listens to this, uh, my, my uh, girlfriend, she loves Who Framed Roger Rabbit to the point where she has a Jessica Rabbit tattoo on her, on her leg, and her roller derby name is Jessica Rabbit. So it's like, uh, it, it it's it's a foregone conclusion. We'll be there. Like yeah. so, it, but I wanted to bring this up and not uh, just because so, um, people need calendars? to give this a chance. Like just come out. Like just come out and do it. It's a good time. I I know sometimes like they do have nine thirty showings for a lot of these. So they don't necessarily come to midnight. No, but it's just I I, I will argue that. Some of these movies I've never seen in the theater, but I need to. And that's yeah. one of the yeah. reasons why I think they do them, because there's some movies that you did or you did not see in the theater. Theater experience is completely different than just throwing the DVD in at home, and that's why they kind of do them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that, that wraps it up for news, and then we are going to move on to, uh, well, it's going to be more news, but it's going to, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. And now for our feature presentation. E3, which stands for Electronics Something Something Expo. Uh, entertainment. Entertainment oh, Electronics right. Expo, yeah. yeah. That's that's what E3 means. So um, E3 was this week, weekend, slash, I think it's still trickling in and out. Yeah. Um, Coleco, Coleco's now doing their presentation where they're like, <laughs> hey, guys, remember us? Well, yeah. we're still gone. It'd be like the Jaguar 2 by Atari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now there's a peripheral. You could plug a Jaguar into a Jaguar. Featuring. Yeah. yeah. Oculus Rift. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this is this is going to basically be all E three stuff. I'm in this 3D shitty world. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I can it's look amazing. around. Yeah, uh, I have a funny story about VR that I'll have to tell you later. Okay, because um, like I get exposed to a lot of different like weird products at work, and one of them was a VR headset, and it was like uh, I'll just tell you now real quick. I, don't know. <laughs> I know I kind of like everybody's like, but we want to hear. Um, but, and uh, there were different. It basically it allowed you to use this VR headset just to kind of look around. Like okay. it was like an Oculus. So it was set. Uh, it was Samsung's gear, I think. A Samsung S something. But it was a Samsung Oculus headset. And <laughs> there was like this 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 horror room setting. So you're like in a room and like like it's like the the Edgar Allan Poe lightning's going and stuff and like you're in this you got the headset on you're looking around you're totally immersed in it and the walls start bleeding and I'm like oh no no like <laughs> it's like you're right there and like they have these speakers set up on it too so like that you pretty much have headphones on and then like I kept looking around and like then this little doll just appeared on the ground after my head looked away so I didn't know like I feel like the program kind of was like like it knew when you look, you didn't look at certain things to put them there. Oh wow! And like, like for like, I was standing at work looking at the ground for a good five minutes. I'm like, this doll's gonna do something. I'm watching it. Like I didn't know anything else was going on around me. Like I heard some noise, and I'm just like watching this doll on the ground. I'm like, I look away. It's gonna cut my Achilles tendon <laughs> or something. So eventually, I did look away, and then some little girl came through a fireplace, and I took the headset off. So, but it was it was pretty cool. But the weird thing is this this doll still following him around well after taking the headset off. Uh, yeah. Just, Everybody yeah. kept saying, what doll? And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> just stop. No, there's no doll in there, Joe. Oh. I'm like. <sighs> yeah. So like next week, whenever Joe's dead and I'm doing the show by myself, you know what happened. Yeah. So <laughs> um, with E3, though, it seems like uh, I uh, Joe mentioned he's like, oh, E3's going on. I forgot like because it's just one of those things that well, every year they announce it. And I'm like, it's just. Do you remember back yeah. in like two thousand? Was it two thousand five ish? Two thousand three? Like they were they were trying to tone E three down. It became more 
more about just like um, consumerism and like uh, like a showcase and less about developers and their games and like um, things like that. So like I remember reading an article in like Game Informer or some magazine and just how like people were so upset that it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, Square Enix or Square at the time is showing off a new Final Fantasy game, which everybody's excited about. But let's do like five articles about booth babes. And it was like, yeah. Like can we can we kind of remove some of this? So like I th- I feel like that was kind of like like a like a product of that. Like the, you know they toned E three down in a sense so that it wasn't like as a big explosion. I think Comic Con's starting to become that though. Yeah, that's true. Like Comic yeah, like like San Diego Comic Con as, as opposed to a place to disperse information. Yes, becoming a, a spectacle and yeah. whatever. I mean, if that's like I mean, they have TV shows that aren't even comic book related at Comic Con nowadays. You know, yeah, which is true. fine. I mean, Comic Con's a huge pop culture thing, but you know, but they'll have a panel on like. I, I, I don't know what, uh, like Breaking Bad, you mm-hmm. know, at Comic Con. So, you know, that's yeah. changed. But so, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I'm no, sorry. The, no, no, it's, it's a, the, like I just wasn't paying attention. And because uh, normally it's just like, oh, there's like two or three announcements that I'm like, eh, whatever. But it's, it felt like when I wasn't paying attention this time, I just kept checking websites and it was like, all this stuff was just coming. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even know this was happening. I feel and bad for like the people at websites that have to like IGN and stuff <laughs> like feel, that. And I feel bad com. for people at internet. Like, well, no, because like they when 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 this event hits, it's like go 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 like, yeah. report, do this live. Like like usually I check a few websites here and there for news and like and like certain events like E3, like even more so than I think a Comic Con. Like it just trickles in and you can't read some of the stuff. And, and, and you want to be first to the punch and it's yeah. just yeah. But uh, so basically though, I felt like like the the big three uh, of of E3 <laughs> is like you, know, you got um, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, and then some other. I mean, there's other announcements too. And I know uh, Ubisoft actually yeah. had their own bit, and I know well, Bethesda for the first time they actually had their own separate announcements for right. E3 as well. Well, Bethesda had a lot of stuff to offer. Well, yeah, it's true, but I just it, it this is the first time I ever paid attention to like an like an actual developer giving their own presentation. I guess normally I just was more just seeing what the big the big honchos were presenting for what they were doing for their systems. Usually, yeah, they make a big deal out of the press conference of just the council makers, and yeah. then and then a couple of the like EA like because like well, EA's, yeah, that's true. EA's got like that castle of money, so they always get their own press conference with a bunch of stuff. But like, yeah, Bethesda, I think, was like one of the one of the new the newer big, um, uh, well, presenters press because, press yeah, conferences yeah. because of because of Fallout and Doom. But it, yeah, they they had Fallout Four, Doom Four. Is that what they're technically calling it? it's Doom Four? I don't know if they're going to attach oh. a number to it, but it's the new Doom. That, right now, it's just Doom. Yeah, whatever. And but then um, Dishonored Two. Dishonored which, Two. Yeah, I, well, they'll turn into Dishonored Four probably for release, just so that everything's yeah. consistent. E three was literally if 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 a game was coming out and you've heard of it before, just attach a four to it. That's probably <laughs> your best bet. To... Yeah, so people are excited for that. Like the the, the Fallout stuff, I saw. Um, People are really excited because there was an announcement I saw like today that uh, the animal companion that you get with in this like dog meat, which was the dog that followed you around the third game, I guess, can't be killed. And so people were super excited that your animal companion just can't be killed. That's probably I mean, I would probably be excited, too. Not because I wouldn't want that advantage in the game, but any any time, whether it's a movie or a game, it's hard to deal with animals getting killed. Yeah, I agree. Like but... I remember when I when I went to the theater and saw uh, I Am Legend of Will Smith, and I'm just like, I'm ready to go home now. The dog is dead. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like that dog, in my opinion, was the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> 
I, I have still have not seen that movie, so oh, I, I'm I sorry. I just spoiled no, it for you. I, if the I haven't gotten to it by now, I think I it's sad yeah. as hell. Like I would, <laughs> I would just stop watching it after you. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I don't care what happens to Will Smith. The dog's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so yeah, Bethesda had their thing. Uh, Ubisoft had their own big announcements, like they showed some Assassin's Creed stuff, which I, great. I like. I don't know. Like I feel like I, I think sometimes it's okay to let franchises let them rest and get some actual honest to goodness like um, iteration between developments. But I know that Ubisoft, like a lot of companies now, actually have separate companies that are on a two year cycle. So whenever one's developing one, they have like it's staggered. So there's yeah. they, so they can have content coming out all the time well, but it's just i think what's her name yeah. does that with uh call of duty like you have uh, yeah. infinity ward sledgehammer games yeah um and uh treyarch yeah all those guys are basically just, just rotating, rotating on a three-year for clock, like yeah, clock, the call yeah. of duty stuff so once you get done with one you start working on the other and yeah i mean the time the next guy's comes out yours is almost done and i don't know i just i think that sometimes it's okay to to, to stop and, and, and look at what you got and, you know, reiterate from that. But um, that's not what, what I'm excited about. What I'm excited about is, well, the, the first, the, the biggest, biggest thing for me was for the Microsoft um, thing that they announced that for the Xbox One, it's going to be backwards compatible now with 360 games. And I think that was I, them taking the mic and just dropping it and walking off. That is a mic drop, but for me, that's not that exciting. Like, I'm, like, I still have my 360 because, I mean, it's a good, um, inter- like, I don't want to say entertainment. It's a good piece of equipment to use for like your household like i could put it on my tv anywhere in the house like i could put it in the bedroom i could leave it out on the 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 living room tv whatever but i can still access things like netflix hbo go even if i'm not playing games on it it's basically just a unit there and i can stream stuff to it from my phone or you know whatever so it's it's handy well, I, I think it was it's a mic drop in the sense that like um, the other parallel to that is with with Sony, they they announced like you know everything you love is mm-hmm. getting remade or, or sequelized, and we'll talk about that in a second. But th- uh, basically, um, th- their way of attacking having more content available for people is just to update it. When Microsoft's like we've had this this whole backlog of games that are like five six years total now, and if people are on the bubble about switching to a new system, I think that's what's going to get that push. To the, to the next generation for people that have been kind of waiting. And also, I know the price has been dropping, and they've been basically Microsoft is probably losing a lot of money per system just to get people on board with it. Uh, but I'm excited in the sense that, like, there's, there's games that people maybe have not tried because maybe they just committed to the Xbox One when it first released, and it's like, like South Park Stick of Truth, that was never released for next gen. Yeah, and, it was kind of sad because that, that was the last Xbox 360 game I, I purchased because they didn't make it for Xbox One. And um, I mean, also tying in with that, uh, they did announce at E3 the the sequel to Stick of Truth, which is probably my favorite announcement at E3. That's true. With everything, um, uh, South Park: The Fractured Butthole is going to be <laughs> uh, that's the name of it. Fractured uh, Butthole. <laughs> that's going to be the next uh, game that they're going to put out. Ubisoft makes that as well. And um, that's that's going to be the next software. Ubisoft thing. picking up uh, where THQ fell apart and said, hey, no, 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 we'll take this property. You guys, no, 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 I know you guys screwed up and it's you guys are going away. It's fine. We'll t- oh, we're going to make a lot of money with this. Now we're going to capitalize on it and make a sequel that's going to be probably out sooner and be stable and amazing. Not that the Stick of Truth, Stick of Truth was really good, but it took a, it's a it was like two, three year development process for that. And it, it, it was yeah. a great game, too. Like if, if you're a South Park fan, like I'm a pretty big South Park fan, too. And I know I say that all the time. I 
say that word pretty big fan and I apologize. Somebody pointed that out to me and like, you're a pretty big fan of a lot of stuff. And I'm like, yes, I, I can expand yes. my vocabulary. Like, you know, my girlfriend always teases me. She's like, you say terrible everything. You like that word. I'm like, okay, stop it. Now no, I can't no, say it. Now you're making me feel terrible. Now you're making me terrible for saying, oh. oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, it's okay to be a big fan of a lot of things. It's fine. But like that game was great. It was almost like a South Park movie. Yes. Like and the interaction was hilarious. Yes. And the Easter eggs, I highly recommend you one, play. One of the, Stick one of the most just amazing gaming experiences I've had in recent <laughs> I, memory. Yes, I laughed so hard playing that game. Yes, but um, and the the creators Matt 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 uh, Parker Stone, Trey Stone. Uh, Coach, no, no, <laughs> you mixed up. I was gonna say Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah, yeah. Um, they got and their it. Evil doppelgangers they, that are working on the game. They got they got the game and how it was made because they're gamers too. But. Um, the one thing I am excited, and, and I kind of called it because, like, after I got done playing Stick of Truth, because Stick of Truth basically centers around their characters uh, from one of the Lord of the Rings uh, South Park episodes because they're all kind of like fantasy based. They got like wizards and knights and stuff, so all the kids kind of like are like just you know when you play make believe. So the fractured butthole is going to be superhero characters, which they have done other episodes with superhero characters, you know, where I, Cartman I just, is dressed up as the oh, raccoon man. and the coon and friends. You know, if, so, the, if the game comes out bad, how many headlines are going to say the fractured butthole stinks? <laughs> uh, the fractured butthole is shitty. Like, are you, I'm just waiting. Yeah. Like, the, the, they can't drop the ball on this. And the fact that they're switching over to superheroes is like the, that just tickles me. And there's a lot there still that they could have a lot of fun with. But um, and that you're right. Like that was something I was not expecting whatsoever. So that was one of those ones that really caught me off guard. Well, it tickled me because like I called it like after I got done playing Stick of Truth because my girlfriend likes South Park too, and like um you know she doesn't play games but she like watched me play it and she was like giggling and like she was like happy they put like you know chim pokemon and like you know the david hasselhoff nose job yes she she got all those jokes and she liked it so like after i got done playing it i was like oh my gosh they need to do a coon and friends game like this and sure enough there you go so we're already ahead of it you're just you're like nostradamus but of south park games that's a really (laughs) oddly specific viewpoint for future but hey that's you know that's pretty good um so other other big announcements that i um that I would like to talk about is uh, Last Guardian is announced again um, for PlayStation, and the reason I say again is because they've announced it for like the past five years uh, that this game was coming, and it's it's coming out for PS4. There's actual footage of it running um, like a PS4 engine. Um, it's not that's not the right nomenclature, but basically it's been updated from the original teaser that they showed years ago. And the reason I'm excited for this game is uh, there are two games out there, uh, uh, Eco. And Shadow of the Colossus, um, both released for PlayStation Two. So Were this you the one you, that made me play Shadow of the Colossus. Probably because I made I I had a weird like um, just it was almost like a religious devotion to making everybody play that game. And I've never been that passionate about game. something where like I I go to total strangers' houses, knock on their door, and be like, "Hey, have you heard of Shadow of the Colossus? <laughs> would you let it into your heart?" And then I would go in and I we'd have tea, and I'd make them play. Like I I mean. Like, I think I forced you to play it, and then I had the people I was living with at the time. I remember I just I, I made them sit down. I was like, here, just try this. And it's then everybody got game. hooked. It's very good. It's a unique oh, so game. Good. I can't really describe how it goes. I remember one of the Colossi. Or Colossi? Colossi. Colossi. One of Colossus the Colossi is... was, was a water one. And I remember I was so scared to fight it only because, like, like I have this weird water phobia <laughs> where if, like... Like, any bodies of water, if I'm in, like, some a small type of, like um, like, a boat... 
like a dinghy or something, and I cannot see the bottom of the water. I get like I have this weird phobia. So like <laughs> that game, like when you go out and you're like you, you, it's not it's not really so much an ocean, but it's like this dark lake. And it's very gloomy and foggy, and I'm just like, I don't want to go out. I, well, I don't want to do this part. <laughs> like, and the reason I'm excited because so those two games are connected, and they were do- both done by um, a studio called Team Team Ico or Eco. And there was some some internal struggles where some of those team members left, and it was like there were questions of development. And then they they show this, and it's like the reason I'm really excited for this is because that, and then this could also be a topic for another day. Um, and I'd love to have people's input on this. Um, and I think we talked about it briefly before about video games being art. And um, I really yeah. feel like those like those those games were yeah. these triple um, A titles. I got not triple A, but they were released for consoles that really pushed what you were thinking about what a game experience can be. And now indie titles can can kind of have free reign with that. Yeah. But actually having a studio publish it and take a chance, and they were so good. I think and, I think Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, Ico, those are definitely games that come. Yeah, like you said, I agree. When it comes to video games being art, because I remember playing that, and it's like I said, there's nothing. There's no way to real dis- really describe it. Like how well, you play. Like, yeah, there I mean, is, the, the, but the, I mean, like it's yeah, it's the, unique. Yeah, Ico, you're a small boy that wakes up in this large weird castle. There's not a lot of dialogue, and you end up finding this young princess type of girl. It's a, it's very much like a video game a stereotype of like you're you know in this huge castle and you got to save the princess, but it's more than that where you know, you are going up these steps and it's like, there are these large steps and the girl can't get up by herself. So you have to help her all the time. And you start developing like this, this love hate relationship with this princess. And eventually it comes to the point to where it's like, you can't finish what you need to do without her. And it's like, it's very emotional. And then you get the shot of the Colossus. You're just this dude wandering this, 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 this landscape with just a sword that shows you your next target. And pretty much the only things in this game are these huge bosses, there's like 13 of them. No, 12. Um, 12 Colossus. Yeah. And, and, and it, there's the, no dialogue. Yeah. Like oh. there's no, it's, it's very, I don't want to say it's a quiet game. You, you pretty much know your objective to go take down each Colossus. And yeah. each one is a puzzle. They're, they're all different. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to have you, I'm going to find a link to the soundtrack to that game. And we're putting it up on the yeah. Facebook page. If that doesn't make you want to play these games, I don't know what will. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, I, the, the, the third game, the one, <laughs> the, the game I was excited about. What, the, what do they call it? Um, shoot. Last Guardian. Last Guardian. That's it. I was so excited for this game for six years, I just forgot the name. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, you know, it's Small Kid again. Does that sound weird that I'm just like, I like games with small children in them. I don't, but anyway, that's that's a weird confession for the for this show. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, I don't, you know, that's just <laughs> the way I am. I just like games with small children. I um and there's this large creature. It looks like like a dog, bird, something hybrid. And it's very like, it looks very animated in the sense of like, um, like how Train Your Dragon made you really care about Toothless the yeah, dragon. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, now just, that you say that, I never made that. Yeah, that and it's, it makes you feel like you know this kid's not strong on his own, and this animal's not. You know, it's like you have to guide it, but it's also its own thing, yeah. and it looks. It, it, I'm really excited for it. Well, I remember a lot of the trailers. They 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 had they had a lot of questions unanswered when the first trailer came out, mm-hmm. and it was like, is the ki- is it a Shadow of the Colossus thing? Is this kid trying to take this guardian out, or is this guardian watching the kid? And yeah. now I think it's pretty obvious that the guardian's watching the kid. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and I'm sure the title of Last Guardian may be some weird double meaning, like everything, you know. Like, so I'm excited for that. Um, other other games coming out um, that you're excited for? Um, I'm excited for Gears of War four. I mean. I know it's a little beat into the ground, but like when I got introduced to that world, I played the first Gears of War 
and the second one a, a decent amount. But I played the first one a lot. Like that was yeah. um, like I I went through it and I, I liked how they dropped you into the middle of a story, almost Star Wars esque, where they didn't explain why Marcus was in prison, mm-hmm. who's the main character, um, and then like. Like they go through uh, pretty much an emotional roller coaster, and you get to see the world change throughout the three games. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do with this one, um, but I'm excited to kind of revisit Gears of War because uh, there's not a lot of games that I play strictly for story. Um, like, because I think I've mentioned this before. Like, I usually focus a lot on the multiplayer stuff if I'm going to actually invest a lot of time into a game. But uh, um, but Gears of War is one of those that I want to revisit the story. Yeah, I, 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 the world's interesting. I felt like the the narratives and all of them kind of got a little, they got a little sloppy for me. But I still played the first three. Mm-hmm. I have I have Judgment. I started it. It's okay. I didn't play Judgment it, actually. It's I mean it's okay. It's yeah. it's just Gears. But I it's think a that more was segmented. like. Well, I feel like Gears Four would probably be like a good sequel if they do it because I know Judgment was like a prequel, wasn't it? Yeah, and it deals more with um with Cole and, and Baird. Baird and yeah. and they're and they're fine to lead a game. It's just it's it. Since it's segmented, it feels a lot more like you're still going down narrow alleys, and mm-hmm. it's like it's them telling the story of what had happened. But um, there's also these challenges that call these de- declassified missions, where if you can actually do that, it adds a degree of difficulty. But it's supposed to be all stuff that what that actually happened, but they weren't allowed to talk about. So it's kind of like this what if, like you know. But it, it's okay. But uh, it, what else we got uh, game wise? Um, they announced Kingdom Hearts three, which I didn't play. The second Kingdom Hearts, I think I played the first one. I can't I, remember. Maybe I've I watched. I've watched people play like like Mary likes those games. Um, and it's just like, well, I, it's <sighs> like the thing with that is like it was right on that cusp where Square Enix like started to drift away from the turn based stuff, which I like the turn based stuff. Yeah, but I like the inner mish mash of worlds. The only reason I think Kingdom Hearts is going to be cool is because of the properties Disney now owns. Because if you think about it, like that could be interesting. You're like right. you've got you've got Marvel and Star Wars now, and they could trickle into Kingdom Hearts. That would just that's the only reason that I'm kind of interested to see how that comes. Keyblades, out. lightsabers, yeah. Yep, but I mean, exactly. just but you still got Donald and Goofy, and it's like I you know, and I get that it's kind of whimsical, but it's just like every I, just how many times can I just deal with the gorsh? I like I just get tired of like this that. Uh, you can deal uh, with it a lot. I did that. I was excited for Tron World in the second game, and then we played all the way to that part, and then we finished Tron, and we were done. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. I can <laughs> see that happening, too. Like, you're like, oh, I really want to play this, this, just this world, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, what else is coming out? Oh, uh, the, the Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VII Remake. remake. Yeah. I, know, I know you guys were all like, what? How are they not going to mention that? Um, that's been in the making, and I, I, posted, I posted a picture <laughs> as the on the... One, as the one person's, like, holding their full-size Japanese anime pillow, it's <laughs> like, if they don't mention it, be like, we're both not me, listening anymore. Me and, me and Eris are just going to go go watch some Trigun. <laughs> Screw you guys. Um, going to go work on my Final Fantasy VII fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, Where Final Cloud has a sexy pillow friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Final Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake. Like I remember when, um, God, the PS Two. They were like, they're going to remake it for PS Two, and like now we're on the PS Four, and it's like no. And and I posted that picture on Facebook when, in case of an emergency, Final Fantasy Seven remake. Well, you think that would have happened by now because uh, Square Enix has had a. Uh... They like, I mean, they they've found sure footing more recently, but there was a bit there where they were misfiring all over the place. So you struggling. think they would have just pulled the cord yeah. on that? Like they've been like, oh, no, 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 we'll do Final Fantasy VII and Chrono Trigger, and that's we'll do. What's well, fine? Whatever you guys want, we'll just bring them back. Like, yeah. so I I'm hoping that they bring back Chrono Trigger. I mean, I I uh, 
Final Fantasy VII is not my favorite Final Fantasy. You guys can come after me with pitchforks and torches six. later. What six, six is, is my favorite? favorite. Yeah, yeah. With, well, that's why we're friends and podcasters together. Yeah. Six is my favorite, yeah. and that was on Super Nintendo, and it was actually three in America. Yeah, so there you so, go. There's some knowledge right there. Yeah, they skipped like <laughs> like four and five in America for some reason. Yeah, and then six came out, and they're like, "Well, we'll just slap Final Fantasy three on it." And that was probably I played the crap out of that game. Like I was like, everybody has to be level ninety nine, and da da da. So like, yeah. And then uh, seven came out, and seven Seven's did good. blow my mind. Like I remember being a kid, and I was like, before I got my uh, PlayStation, there was like a local game shop, and uh, it wasn't like a, their Best Buys weren't even around, I think. And um, I remember uh, like the summons, because like they had summons in Final Fantasy VI, but it would just be like a little sixteen-bit guy would come out, and he'd be like, rawr, rawr, and like some some mist would come out on the screen, and you'd be like, yeah, eat that, you're all poisoned now. Rear rear has hit you for fatal damage, rawr, rawr. and <laughs> and then like. The uh, then seven came out, and I remember watching a demo at uh, this game store, and like they summoned, I think it was Shiva, and um, it took six hours. Yeah, it came out like it was just like the screen changed, and I was just like this three D monster came out and this wave, and I was just like no, and I was like oh, so then like that was like you know totally on the radar when I was a kid. And then I remember, you know, playing through it and do, you know, getting Knights of the Round and killing Emerald and Ruby Weapon and all that other stuff. And I remember when uh, Eris got killed, and so, I was like, "So you said that the name of the pillow friend was Eris?" Yeah. And you also just, all right then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. So, but I remember when Eris got killed, and um, uh, it was like in the middle of the game, like it wasn't kind of a cutscene, or the, the graphics no, at the time were kinda, so good. I was so mad because I gave her weapons right before that fight, and I was just like, <laughs> "Wait a minute!" But I was sitting there thinking it was still a cutscene for like like five minutes. Like I was sitting in my room as a kid, like my mouth was open, and I'm just like, "Uh oh." And then, like, I think it was Sephiroth at the time was, like, one mutated or a Genosha or thing like that. <laughs> and, like, he's just, like, wailing on my guys. And I'm just like, oh, 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 right. I got to attack. Like, <laughs> Let me just stop crying at yeah. the, the, you know, anyway, this game. But I mean, it was kind of traumatic. And it was it was a first at the same time. They'd never had given you a character in a game and let you run through half the game and then just take them away. Like, sorry. Yeah, no, it was a big deal. Yeah. I think that was a, a creative choice. I So um, I think that gets to, like, we've mentioned a lot of things that we're excited about, and I know you have a couple more, and I know... Like, there's, a, there's a few games. I mean, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get too far into that, but I did love the Mass Effect series, and yeah. I'm anxious to see what they do with it. Bioware always does put out good yeah, stuff. Yeah, please don't ruin anything for me, because I've been so bad I haven't you finished flop. the third game yet. Yeah, we need... Yeah. I wish you would finish it, because... I'm I, trying. You're, you were the one... There's two There's two people I was like, when I finished Mass Effect, I'm like, I gotta talk to Paul about this, and I gotta <laughs> talk about somebody else. So, but, I'm, I, I promise you, that's what I'm working on now. Like, I started it up again, took me a minute to figure out where I was because it always takes like if you haven't played a game for a long time you kind of up and you're like I don't know where I'm at in my world so I'm, I've started again that's my next one to finish because I finished that Shadow of Mordor which um, it was you know I'll, I'll mention that it was okay I paid ten dollars for it I traded it in the exchange for nine dollars and seventy cents so for thirty, 30 cents cent it was game. a great value Very I'll nice. say that so um, Mass Effect Andromeda excited for it if I can't finish three. I probably will play Andromeda four years from now and have like, don't spoil it for me then either. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting to, and I know that Nintendo announced like nothing, nothing really new. It's just like, Hey guys, you guys like these guys from 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. But and now they're high fiving or the whatever. Problem, the, yeah. Not the problem with that, but Nintendo has 
I don't think like Nintendo can span generations so easily yeah. that they will never. They could just keep rehashing. Nintendo Mario knows that their great strength right now is Nintendo. Yeah, it's it's amazing how this machine that Nintendo is functions. Yeah, but they announced the new Star Fox, and yeah. so I guess it gets down to like what this what this E three felt like to me, just from like stumbling into it was everything you love. Like, hey, guys, remember this? Well, we're doing it again, or we're bringing you a sequel. And there was a couple of newer properties talked about, but, like, the, the people lost their mind. It was, like, as if, um, like, they brought back two of the Beatles from the dead, and they're like, oh, by the way, not only is there a new album, they're also touring, and they're younger now, yeah. and you're younger, too, and we're going to bring you everything. <laughs> oh, remember that kitten that ran away? We brought you three of them. It's like, that's what, like, you know. And ten cats. Yeah, everybody. It was just like, yeah. oh, you miss Gam 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 Gam's back, and she loves you. It's like, that's what this felt like. Nintendo and, did. Oh. Nintendo does that, though. Like, no, I'm not just Nintendo. I feel like Microsoft and Sony both did that, too, where it's like, Oh, like, you know, um, your mother stepped out for a pack of cigarettes, never came back. Well, she's back now and she misses you. It's like, what, what are they? It just felt like that's all they're like, just they're, <laughs> they just want everybody to love them again. Yeah. And it just, it was, I mean, I'm in, but man, it's just like, they really came right. It feels like I was telling Joe for the show. This one feels like this summer for movies where it's like, Hey, you guys remember Mad Max? We've got another movie. You guys like dinosaurs. We've got another movie. Remember the Avengers? We got two movies. Yeah. It, yeah. That'll be something I know we'll probably get into in one other world of casts is just how like creativity is. You think that innovation would take over with imagination of like film and, and writing, but, uh, it seems like the cash cows all tend to be things that everybody knows and are comfortable with. Yeah, and so I like uh, I guess the, which the, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to succeed. True, but I guess to put a pin in this, it's like yeah, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also kind of aware of the game of what's going on. That's how I, I feel about yeah. everything. Anytime I hear a remake, whether it's Big Trouble in Little China, Ghostbusters, or even God, even Jurassic World, it's like you know I'm I'm not going to jump up and down right now. I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, because everybody wants to do this. Mm-hmm. So. So, um, yeah, let us know what you guys are excited about or, or what you think is just like yeah. overplayed. Uh, Facebook page and invasion of the podcast and Facebook. You could be one of the magical people next time that wins some, some grow dinosaurs or follow us on Twitter invading podcast at Twitter. Um, I've been having some fun on Twitter lately. I think I, like I, we recently got the attention of a, uh, what, what library was it? It was a local Cleveland library. Yeah, it was one of the Cuyahoga branches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They recently started following us. We're excited. I, yeah. I, I, I was like, library's following us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they're following us. Cause I think I said the word books. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, like that, that'd, that'd be fun. Well, we, do, we do, we do, we do cover comic books they're gonna they're gonna listen to this cast and then they're gonna be like movies and video games what did we get into oh, with these you, guys he got a bit sweary and he trash talk books i guess we're done now yeah and we're gonna lose that one library follower and we're gonna be done but uh yeah like that uh, we're having some fun there um and so talking about some fun this sunday is uh father's day yay and we decided that because we had done the mother's day list of things we're, we're gonna bringing do, it back yeah so you tell me who is your daddy and what does he do? So we decided we're going to do uh, same thing as before, top 10, good and bad. However, this time uh, we decided to, to split it up a little bit. And I, and I, I, before, I didn't even ask Joe. I was like, do you want good dads or bad dads? Yeah. And then I didn't even, because I didn't have to ask because he would have yeah. been like, I, I want the, I want the bad, bad dads. He, t- he knows. I mean, like, I'm always like the guy rooting for the bad guys. Like, you know, like we, I did the Sith PR, which is going to come back eventually because that's, that's a a busy part of my life, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those guys get in a lot of trouble. You wouldn't even it's believe. Deep, yeah. Um, but 
The yeah, I'm always like like a fan of the bad guys, the Decepticons, the Sith, the not always though. You know what? Actually, uh, I don't really side with like the the orcs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, you know what? Orcs, yes, I can't say that. You tell me, shut up if you want, because I was a member of the... World of Warcraft. Like, yeah, like, in I don't World like of Warcraft, orcs, but but you you're the biggest horde fanboy. I, I was going no, I was going Lord of the Rings there for oh, a second, whatever. but but yeah, then I just it clicked in my brain and be like, idiot, you were the horde. <laughs> I do have a lot of horde pride. So if there's any <laughs> listeners out there, it's true. I did see you at the horde pride parade this year. Are... I was like, yeah. <laughs> The Horde Pride Parade yeah. with, with uh, Thrall, yeah, <laughs> and Garrosh. Um, but uh, yeah, I am I, I am a big uh, Horde fan. So I'm sorry if you guys are Alliance fans. Paul's Alliance. Yeah. That's weird. That's you why. Know, I, that's why I have the good dads. We we always talk about how like we you know it's like oh yeah Darkhawk high five, uh, Final Fantasy six high five, and then it's like wait you like you like the Horde you like the Alliance and then and we then, talk, and then we don't talk for like split. two years. That's why yeah. we like before we did this podcast we hadn't seen each other for like ten years. It was yeah. ridiculous. It was like yeah now that we've simmered down about World of Warcraft I think that's why. <laughs> so let's let's go on to um, we'll do good dads and then we'll move on to the bad dads. Okay, go ahead. You tell me. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? My dad doesn't do anything since the crash. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh. oh so. Was he talking about the stock market crash, or did he get in a car accident? <laughs> I think Schwarzenegger hit his dad with a truck or something. That's probably what happened. <laughs> um, so my number 10 for good dads, and I put him at the, the, the bottom of 10, is Michael Bluth, um, just because even though he has his eyes on his own goals at times, ideally he does love his son, George Michael, and wants to see the best, even though like there's other things that do pop up, but it's like, I think he is the one member of that family that, that, that really looks out for his son or his family. I should say. Now I'll tell you this. I don't know if you want me to throw my two cents in. I did work on some good dads because I didn't know if we were going to do the same thing where we had our own two separate lists. So like, I'll let you know at the end, like if there's anybody that you didn't have that I might've had and and we'll talk about it. Or like if we do happen to have people on a list, then, yeah. yeah. So number nine, I have uh, Donkey Kong because he did teach his son a skill set, and he's carrying on like he's like, listen, there's there's two things we do: it's throw barrels and run around on minecarts. And what about kidnapping women? Well, I mean, like, I'm not saying that every parent's perfect. I'm just saying like he, you know, he's we don't know where his mom is. Where where is where's Mrs. Donkey Kong? Do we know that? Yeah. So it's like he's a, he's a single dad raising his son best he can. So I, that's why I gave him number nine. Uh, number eight, Ned Stark. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. I because he honestly I, is a good dad. I forgot about uh, God. I forgot about Ned Stark. I know we were talking about like the Lannisters and how Cersei was like on the top list for the worst moms. Yeah, but like, yeah, Ned. Ned is such a great stand-up uh, dude, and then like everybody mm. was generally sad in that family too when when, when he died. You know? Yeah. So like, I think uh, that that just I, I was like I was racking my brain trying to think of like good dads. I'm like, but Ned, because I was thinking. I got to fit Game of Thrones in here somewhere because isn't there any good father figures in there? And I would argue that um, that, that Jamie Lannister is now, but um, Joe Jim, hasn't seen the most yeah. recent season. I've been so. I, here real quick. Me and Game of Thrones. Like I haven't watched the newest season. That's one of the reasons we kind of haven't talked about it, but it's like, it's surpassing the books. It's getting to the end of the books. And like, to me, like sometimes, like TV shows, once they get towards a certain season, it starts to trickle out. Especially for me. Oh yeah, I, and I know, I, I know it doesn't stop. I know I've because I have a lot of people around me. Like, oh no, no, but like, 
I'm just kind of like biding my time. I'm not in a hurry to watch yeah, it. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but like when it got to the, it, when it got to the last three episodes of the season, like bombs started dropping. Yeah, now, I heard. I heard it gets juicy towards the end. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was good. So uh, that was my number eight. My number seven, um, Bob Belcher. He probably should have been higher, but I put him at seven because you had he, Bob and Linda. Well, yeah, well, because they're both good parents. Yeah, they're good like, parents. Yeah, they like they, they they love their kids. They're scrapping to to make ends meet, but it's like Bob is just as goofy as the rest of them. So like he he enjoys his children even though he doesn't understand them all the time. So I, I like that. Um, so uh, my number six, I have Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Again, it's the same kind of thing where it's like he he is a he he can go off on his own tangents, but he you know he loves his family. Yeah, and. I just he's also one of those guys that he'll do, so, he'll do whatever it takes to, to make ends meet too. It's so weird seeing Brian Cranston go from Hal to Walter White too. Yes. Like if you were a Malcolm in the Middle fan and then like you started watching Breaking Bad, um it, it's kind of like you're like, Whoa, but if you never watched Malcolm in the Middle and then you go back to it after watching Breaking Bad, you would even you know, be more like all oh, these drop milk, something yeah. bad's gonna happen. I was here, talking yeah. to one of my uh my one of my colleagues at work today about he just started watching Oz that HBO series, the prison series, yeah. which is pretty old, but there's a lot of actors like Christopher, uh, Maloney's in that. And like, I mean, he plays a pretty despicable prisoner. So it's funny, like to see him like, cause I watched Oz when it first came out, but then like to see him on law and order, it's like, wait a minute. Like you were dropping, doing some bad things in prison, it, like with other dudes, like, yeah, and you were Gene, the lunch man, like, what hot American like summer people or, uh, what's his name? The guy, uh, JK Simmons, who does the, uh, Oh yeah, he's um he's J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. He yeah. also does the voice for the yellow M M&M, and M and it's yeah, like he's also the uh, dude he's Cave a, Johnson in Portal and he's also in the yeah. farmers commercials. Yeah, he's, he's a farmers yeah. but but if it's like you go back and look at Oz, he's like this neo Nazi leader skinhead guy in prison, and it's like he's a despicable guy too. <laughs> and you're just like it's funny to see these these actors. I mean, I know actors portray all kinds of roles, but yeah. it's just like anyway, yeah. sorry. No, it's that's okay. Um so then number five, uh Clark Griswold. Yeah. I had to have him on there. I had Clark on it my took, list too. It, that was one that came to me late. I'm like, wait, it's like, even though he goes nuts, all he really, he, he is such a, like, he really wants family. Like, like, um, vacation's great, but I think my favorite one though is, um, is Christmas vacation. That's my favorite. Griswold just like has the whole family home slowly breaking, but he just wants the best, you know, and I, I enjoy, enjoyed that. So I love vacation too. <laughs> uh, number four, and this is me showing my colors. Dr. Light is number four because he's the creator of Mega Man. He also created some robot masters that did some bad stuff, but that wasn't his fault. So um, I, he's not really a father, but I guess he kind of is. I kind of put him in there. So um, number three, Red Foreman from that 70s show. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Probably like, shouldn't be that high, but I kind of <laughs> like him a lot. I looked at Red because uh, I was looking over like like Internet dads and stuff. And like in Red, like a lot of people put Red on the bad list. I know. You know, no. Like, I mean, he was harsh at times, but. Like he just grew up in that, that mentality of like, you do your job and you don't talk about your feelings, you know, but it's like, even though he was frustrated with his son, he still was proud of him at times. And I mean, and to be married to Kitty, he can't be that bad of a guy. And I had Kitty on the good mom list. So there you go. Hmm. Number two, Hank Hill. Yeah. Hank's a good dad. <laughs> yes. He never understands Bobby, but you know, he'll try. And then my number one dad is uh Bob Parr, AKA Mr. Incredible. I had him on there. Mr. I, Incredible. I've seen on a few lists. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Ours actually would have been a good list. The only one I had on my list that you had was Clark. Oh, wow. I so, didn't have uh, 10. Did I have 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I did have 10. Oh, wow. So I'll, do you, I'll give you my 10 dads real quick. 
Um, I didn't put him in any order. Uh, I had Michael Sullivan from Road to Perdition. Tom Hanks' character. Did you ever see that? No. Um, Big Daddy from Kick Ass. <laughs> yes. Hit Girl's Dad. Oh. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Alfred Pennyworth. If yeah. we're going to do comics, yeah. like he raised Batman. Um, uh, Clark Griswold. Uh, Brian Mills from Taken. Um, oh, is that Le- uh, Liam, Liam Neeson? Neeson. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's going to find you. Then you take his daughter, he's going to find you. I haven't seen those movies. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I mean, come on. The guy dressed up as an English nanny for his kids. That's true. Um, so if you're going to put that in, you're going to put, um, uh, oh, what's his face uh, from uh, Rest of Development on there, too? Um, uh, what's it? Funke, uh, Tobias. You're going to put him on there because he dressed up as an English maid as well? Remember that whole bit? No, where, like, I only watched like two seasons of Rust. Oh, he! I know you tried to get me to watch it, and I gave it. I gave it a college try, and I couldn't oh. do it. Um, who else did I have? Uh, Big Chris from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Did I you saw, ever see Lock, Stock? I, I saw it once. It's such a long time. Vinny ago. Jones, or is it Vinny Jones? Yeah, yeah he, he I played. He, wasn't he um, something something Tony in that? Or he was Bull Two Tony and Snatch. Oh, okay, so he was Big Chris, and then his son was Little Chris, okay. and they basically would just go around, and like he would just. And his other son was Ludacris. Ludacris. Uh, and then I had the man from the road. Did you ever see? The oh, road? I almost wrote him. Down. I almost put yeah. that down. It's just like Viggo Mortensen's character from the road. A, he's a good dad, but that movie's so sad that I didn't want to even consider. And then it. my number one probably would have been Danny Tanner. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. yeah cut it out. Cut, cut it. Out. Yeah. So that was my bet. My top ten dads. Um, I I probably would have spent a little more time looking for a few of them. But I, all right. So my top ten terrible dads. You tell me who is your daddy and what does he do. All right, so number 10, number 10 is not too big of a spot. So I, I gave Frank Fitz, who's the Colonel Frank Fitz from American Beauty. Okay. Played by uh, uh, oh, I know Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper, yeah. Okay. Anyone other than Anderson Cooper. Anderson <laughs> Cooper could have played him too, I think. True. It would have made more sense if Anderson Cooper played, but that would have been typecasting for him, right? <laughs> um, number nine, I had Cervantes from the Soul Calibur video game series, who is a undead pirate, and he has a daughter who is also a character in that game, but... Basically, he tries to murder her to get the soul cal- soul edge, soul- the sword or whatever. So, oh, I yeah, yeah. that's um, I, all I remember about Soul Calibur was that one weird ba- bald guy, the what with the v, the V name, what was his name? Oh, Voldo. Yeah, Voldo. Yeah, yeah that, everybody so. knows Voldo because he's just a freaky weird character. Yeah. It's like Cl- they're like, hey, Clive Barker, if you could make a yeah, exactly, game, what Clive Barker's fighting game. And he's like, well, this could be Billy Corgan, but make him weirder. Yeah. You know? uh, number eight, I had Al Bundy. Which yes. I think I had Peggy Bundy on my list, yeah. and I think she's a little higher. Um, but Al's Al's another good one. I don't oh, think Al's as bad as Peggy. We didn't come up with Ned Flanders for good dads. <sighs> yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, number seven, I had Leanne Cartman, which is <laughs> Eric Cartman's mom, mom from dad. South Park. But in one of the first. A couple seasons, they do a big episode about who's Cartman's dad, and they do blood tests and all this genetic research, and you find out that his mom is actually his dad because she's a hermaphrodite. So technically, Cartman's mom is Cartman's dad, and you don't know who Cartman's mom and is. You could really celebrate her on the day between Father's Day and Mother's Day, <laughs> whatever that that day is. That's that's Miss Cartman Day. Yeah. Um. So Mrs. Cartman is number seven. Uh, number six is Norman Osborn, so who is the Green <laughs> Goblin from Spider Man, and. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's pretty bad dad. He's pretty bad dad. Didn't yeah. didn't really get Harry groomed very well, and pretty much, uh, I don't want to say he forced him into becoming the Goblin, but he pretty much messed him up enough to to kind of like take up the Goblin mantle. Yeah. Um, 
Number five is Magneto. Sticking <laughs> with comic books, Magneto is a terrible dad as well. Um, and I don't know if you want to hit spoiler alert or not. Um, if you got it fired up, but I'll just since you know now, you don't have to hit it. Or you can hit it. I I it, thought I had it. I don't worry about it. Anyway, so spoiler alert: um, Magneto is actually not uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's biological father, like everyone I thought they were. So, um, spoiler. There we go. Spoiler alert. Well, after the fact. But in the few years that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were around, uh, Magneto was a terrible father to them. So. Um, not that he raised them, but after the fact, and they found out, and you had the whole uh, family together, it was just like this He was guy. probably being real lazy and just take some pots and just spank them from across the room and be yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Number four is Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny yes. in Philadelphia. Oh, um, my goodness, yes. <laughs> like, I I love Frank. Frank's like one of my favorite characters on that show, but like the the rest of the Reynolds kids are completely wrecked. And, yes. like, Frank does not help that at all. I nope. love watching him slip out of control with them. Like, from the moment Danny DeVito came on that show, and it was funny because, like, they brought him on. And, like, if you look at Frank in season two or season three when he shows up, too, I think. Two. And you look at Frank now, it's, like, a completely different character. Yeah, he was still kind of straight-laced. And then he yeah. just, it just After a while, he was just like, as he said, I only have so many years left. I'm going to get weird. Yeah. That's how he put it. <laughs> so many, so many of my favorite moments from that show involve Frank. Okay. Um, and number three I have coming in is Heihachi Hishima, which is Heihachi Mishima, which is one of the fighting characters from the Tekken video game series. Um, Heihachi basically tries to kill his son oh, wait, every he chance the weird, he gets. Yeah. The, the, he, he has the bald head and kind of yep. like the uh, crazy hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and like this dude, his grandson, his son, If it's like if you are part of his bloodline, he wants to murder you. And 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 just because he's a crazy old man that controls a, a global corporation and, and wants to stay king of the Iron Fist tournament. So, I mean, uh, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, I had Jack Torrance. Which is Jack oh, Nicholson? I, I had from thought the it, like, if I was going to do a bad dad list, I would totally yeah, that was going to be one of the ones yeah. on there. Yeah. So the uh, I mean, you're you're a bad dad if you're chasing your son through a maze with an axe. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, if he deserves it, you know. he could have wrote on the wall of crayon or something. The the, the non erasable crayon. Yeah. So and then number one is my boy Darth Vader. Uh, like he didn't even know he had kids. I mean. He, <sighs> Nah, you know. He didn't, but it doesn't matter. When he does find out he has kids, his first interaction with his son is, I'm going to freeze you in carbonite, and then I'm going to cut your hand off. Like, well, you know, could like, you imagine he, how that He was episode... making up for lost time. Like, he couldn't do the whole throw a football around, and like he was just like, we're going to get straight to the punishments right now. Yep. Could you so. imagine that episode of uh, Maury? <laughs> yeah. Or whatever... Yeah, yeah, the Maury where it's just like, uh, like who your real dad is. Or we're gonna bring out your dad. He comes out and then just, <laughs> and then everybody stops clapping. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I guess he would so, be ultimate bad dad. Darth um, Vader's number one bad dad. I'm sure that you know, there's probably people that are more worse than Vader, but I mean, I, I had to give it to Vader. So. so there we go. That That's our, our dad's list. Uh, if you guys have anything you want to chime in with, please. Yeah, let us up. know yeah. what dad. I mean, like fictional dad. Like, don't <laughs> go on our Facebook or our Twitter and be like, my dad did this to me and he made me do this. And I'm like, please don't vent about your your, your daddy issues. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, please let us know who you think is a, a an, another great or terrible father. Um, I know there's some that are out there that uh, I know probably didn't make the list. Like I said, I usually try to base it off of things that 
I watch or are exposed to because I know there's there's characters like um, uh, Father of the Bride that was that was oh, a Steve big Martin one. Steve yeah. Martin or um, I, I almost went with uh, Bill the original. For, but he's, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a good dad or bad dad. Because I think he'd be a good dad. Yeah, but he wasn't around there for a while either. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So and then, um, what's his name? Jimmy Stewart from uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I did have Atticus Finch. Now oh, that you bring you that up, that's another good. See, dad. wait, 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 wait. You hear that, people? We're being cultured. I love To Kill a Mockingbird. That's yeah, one of my that's, favorite that's, books. Say, you know, just let's not not talking about books that don't involve swords. Look at that. That's pretty great. <laughs> So, um, all right. So I think that's going to, going to wrap it up for us this time. Uh, n- next week, I, uh, we still like, I don't know if Terminator is it Terminator. No, Terminator's not till July. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Like it's still in June. Yeah. So I when, think they're going to let the dinosaurs run around for a little while yeah. before they let well, out I mean, the robots. Yeah. Pixar inside out's coming out. Um, yeah. Inside they, out yeah. will probably definitely dethrone, uh, Jurassic world. Not that I, not after just talking about Jurassic world, like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but um, Pixar, you know, anytime a kids movie comes out, it dominates. And if it's a Pixar movie, that's another, that's like, yeah. that's like a royal flush. So, um, not sure what, what we will be talking about next week, but again, if there's anything you guys want us to talk about in particular or have any ideas, please let us know. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, thanks to, um, I, well, thanks to Daryl Stovall for liking the Facebook page. So that way you get free dinosaurs, uh, that you need to take care of. Cause if I hear, if I see any news reports of, squishy wet dinosaurs killing people i know who to talk to i know where you're at too (laughs) yeah so get us get us help us get out there and tweet us like i know some people don't under like i know a lot of people that i've told a podcast are like what's podcast i'm like it's basically a radio (laughs) station it's like do they deliver it to you is it like the milkman it's basically like i drank six of these could i have some more please it's like okay here you go you do yard work hell i actually usually listen to our cast or other casts on my drive to work so that's when you want to hang out with me and paul yeah, drive to work if you or love when our... you're using the restroom. That's I mean, I don't want to hang out with you while you're doing. It. <laughs> Paul wants to hang out with you while you're doing. It. I don't. So while you're I've, driving, I've to admitted work, a lot of dark things this week. You, that's, you, you know? just kind of like you're like your own little confession booth. That's you know that's I didn't want to tell you that was the whole reason I came up with this was the podcast slowly slowly let just let let my being slide out. <laughs> Secrets. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So listen to us on your way to work. Um, you know, if you tell somebody, check out Invasion of the Podcast, and they're like, why should I do that? Or what is that? You know, just bad. Threaten violence. That's work. It's no, fine. don't threaten violence. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, this is a cool podcast. You should like it or I'll cut you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, all right. That's, a, that's it for this week. Um, be back next week, and hopefully we'll have some fun stuff to talk about then, too.